to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Okay, so we're looking at how to have, how to have what? How many of you want to have a great year? Okay. And Pastor Cho began the topic. And we're basically looking at the reflection aspect of it. How that you need to pause and ask yourself some important questions. Now today, I want to look at the topic of zeal. The topic of zeal and in particular I'll be looking at zeal killers so that you kill them you can even dress in black to celebrate their funeral so I'll look at zeal killers Now, you are not permitted to not have a great year. Now, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, tells us something interesting. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. I want to acknowledge the online audience. When I've received a message, and I'll allow you to guess who has sent it. The message says, I said I'll allow you to guess who has sent it. So the message says, my wife and I are watching. And we are saying hi to the church. So I'll allow you to guess. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's Pastor Lastin's I'm sure it's Dugan Shemaya. By the way, did I tell you that they, they have a baby boy now? Dugan Shemaya and uh, Sister Febi. That's why you've not been seeing her. Apparently, the young man is a bit demanding. Yeah. Okay. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. The Bible says, and this is talking about Jesus. Of the increase of his government and peace, 
there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Before we get to the last line, would you like such a life where your increase has no end? Where your, your, your greatest height becomes your next ceiling? I don't know if you're hearing me. It's actually possible for your increase to be continuous because that's the kingdom we're in. Our kingdom is always faith to faith. It's glory to glory. It's bumper. To, it's faith to faith, glory to glory. <laughs> um, what else is it? <laughs> no, I think that expression has a different meaning. But nevertheless, it's always going like this and like this and like this. It's upward and forward. And the glory of God has not been designed to move in reverse. The glory of God is upward and forward. Now, I like this touch. This looks nice. Welcome to Cell Ministry Art. This is beautiful. Now, notice how the verse ends. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Hey. Now that shows you something. Imagine the entire ministry of Jesus and we're being told that to fulfill it there will be an ingredient called zeal. And this zeal automatically leads to a performance. There is something about zeal that leads to performance. And that is why when zeal is killed, energy goes down. When energy goes down, productivity goes down. When productivity goes down, results go down. zeal. You know, um, I had a very funny experience in high school where when playing football, for some reason, I wouldn't stop running. Like I was always chasing the ball. Like I really just wanted it. And so the guy suggested that, you know what, this guy can run. Let's put him in a marathon, 12 rounds. And I was thinking I'll definitely win because I'm always chasing a ball. So I was thinking, at least I'll do well. After one round, I started thinking to myself, what's the point of this? So I'm just going round and round. And I realized that one reason why I kept running and playing football was because there was something in particular I was chasing. Now, when doing a marathon, I don't know how these guys who run a lot manage, but I was feeling like, so I'm running for what? I'm going where? And then I was remembering scriptures like a wicked man runs when no one is chasing him. So, <laughs> please guys, don't stop running. I'm just telling you what was happening to me. And so there, there I came up with a plan because I thought it would be embarrassing to just like walk off the race, but I had no zeal to continue. So I decided, let me pretend that I fainted. And then the first aid will come and carry me 
out. At least, I don't know, it just looked more glorious. That probably there was just a challenge, you know. And so apparently I was a bit too dramatic about it. The guys who described it said I went one, two, eight. <laughs> and I don't know how first aid were able to see all the way from that side. They never came. <laughs> so I had to get up on my own and just go. Guys, once in a while, do some funny things so that you have stories to tell when you're preaching. Not you're preaching and the inter- My point is, there's something about zeal that drives you. Have you ever felt motivated for something? Have you ever, you know, like, I'm one of those people who sometimes would struggle to wake up early. But you find when I have a flight and I'm going somewhere, somehow, Two hours before you're dreaming you're late. I don't know if you've observed that. Or maybe you've got a conference. You've got a dominion conference. You find the person who struggles to come to church at 9.40. Dominion conference, six. Pastor, we're ready for you. We're at the door. Why? There is a zeal towards it. Now, imagine if zeal stopped being um, stop being something you experience moments of. Imagine if within you, you are a generator where you could generate zeal at will. There are certain things you'll be able to perform. So somebody say, I have zeal. I have zeal for life. I have zeal for the house of God. I have zeal for the saints. I have zeal for destiny. And the reason why I also talk about zeal for life is because sometimes you can have zeal for, um, maybe you've got zeal for heaven, but you've lost zeal for life. And so you find a person every day, they look abandoned. No, uh, we can talk about it, right? Why well, is fine, somebody is looking Somebody can look like they haven't bathed in five days. But they're okay with praying. They're okay with reading the Bible. But they've lost energy for living. They've lost energy for living. And you know, sometimes it's the little things that bring back the energy again. I can tell. I remember one time I'm in the office. (laughs) And one of um, our members came through and announced. I knew there was obviously an emergency. And so my secretary comes in and says, Pastor, you really need to see this person. I said, what could it be? They've never done this. I said, let them enter. And the moment they walked in, I could tell there was an issue. Because their hair is always on point. It wasn't. I sat up and I said, no, we need to deal with this matter. We addressed the matter. We prayed about it. We had faith for it. And I asked, Nanga the hair. And the person said, Pastor, by the time you see me at midweek service, I will be back. <laughs> and by God's grace, the issue was resolved. But what I'm trying to say is that there is a very strong correlation between sometimes how you treat yourself and how you're feeling about life. Yeah. And for some reason, a lot of people like to take it on their hair. As in, 
I don't know why, but people like to take it on their hair. Maybe including myself, but a lot of people like to take it on their hair. Like when I was coming for Dominion, I was coming with the mindset, I'm the guy. Like, let's do this thing. Sometimes you find someone goes to cut all their hair, but it's not some are starting afresh, others are just angry. So they're taking it out on something. Sometimes someone would take it out on tattooing their entire body or piercing their entire body. They're just trying to find an outlet. Or maybe somebody will be self-harming. They'll be cutting themselves. Or self-harming by continuing to talk to the toxic person. That's also self-harming. It's not just with a razor blade. We are going somewhere. You know, these are topics that, in all honesty, I only preach at church. Because here, we have to talk. Now, Zeal, for those who have not heard any of my sermons of zeal, is this passionate fire in someone that drives them towards something. Okay? And Jesus had such zeal for ministry, such zeal for the work of God. You couldn't distract him. Now, I know zeal without knowledge is not good, but the good thing is that we're teaching you knowledge as well. So now, I want you to see, because we're looking at zeal killers, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So all of us have a race. Say, I have a race to run. I don't know how many rounds your race is. But come on, you've got a race to run. And then we're being told to let go of two things. Sin and weight. Now, sin is a bit obvious because we talk about it a lot. And it's definitely a fact that if you're living your life a certain way, you will struggle to fulfill destiny. Because you cannot serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other. Or you'll be choosing one based on the situation. So you cannot serve two masters. But then there is another thing that affects people the same way sin affects them. And this is what is called weights. When we're talking about weights, we're not talking about things that particularly are a sin. But what we're saying is that in your running your race of destiny, these things can have a huge effect in you and they can slow you down the same way sin slows you down. And these are the zero killers. So let's begin. Number one, you have to be careful with how you handle the past, the present, and the future. But for now, I want us to talk about the past. Okay. When I say the past, this is the part where you talk a little to your neighbor. When I talk about the past for you, uh, what comes to mind? Um, start talking to your neighbor. Like, what comes to mind when I talk about the past? Which year comes to mind? What memories comes to mind? 
Okay. Okay, let's keep the conversations going. Some of you are not talking to your neighbors. How many of you, your neighbor is not talking to you? Raise your hand if your neighbor is not talking to you. Okay. Okay. In case you want to share, what are some of your best memories of the past? Like, how does the past feel like? When you think about the past, do you feel like you just want to go back? Reminiscing on back when. Okay. Are there some of you that wish you could change your past? Okay. Okay. Now let's look at a few things. You know, reminiscing on drinking, um, what was that drink? Crush orange. Guys, why are you looking lost? We had crush like in the 90s, right? Early 2000s. Reminiscing on Mahil, the, the, the original one. The strawberry one. <laughs> like that one, right? Maybe those who were there in the 70s and the 80s, some of you will be reminiscing on the discos. There were discos. Yeah, with, and people would have like puffy hair and they would dance like this. Okay. And back then there was a genre which was popular called Zamrock. And so before there were DJs, uh, the musicians would play instead. Yeah, and maybe that's why they were very good. Okay. Now... Others will reminisce on maybe the, how the church was. People were always crying. There was always repentance. And, you know, people loved each other. Let's continue. Others will reminisce when COL started, sitting room days. There was less things to tell people off about because there were less things to do. And people had multiple positions, 15 to 20. Now, I want you to hear this. There are some people who hold on to the thought that the past is the most beautiful thing ever. We need to go back to the days. We need to go back to those old days. The days we had culture. The days we had, you know, principles. The days when the young men were principled. And usually, a good number of what is said is true. But sometimes, the past is exaggerated. Because you'll find that the young men of then 
might be fathers of today and some might be the same people patronizing the young ladies of today. So you'll find, so you'll be wondering like, what happened <laughs> in between? What I'm trying to say is you have to be careful because sometimes the past can be very exaggerated even though it's got some good stuff. And the last thing you want to do is live in an exaggeration. Sometimes we live as though life is never supposed to make progress. No, we need to go like I remember the days in COL when we were just 12. But when we were 12, we were praying for us to be 200. And praying for you to be 200 means you now have the issues for 200 people because handling 12 people. When Jesus' disciples were just 12, a rumor, actually Judas had died when they were 11, a rumor spread amongst them about John. They were 11. How much more do you think would happen if you're 500? What I'm saying is, Sometimes, you find when we're at a certain stage, we're praying for another stage, but we've not processed our minds to accommodate the problems of the newer stage. And each day, according to Jesus, has its own challenges. Each level has its own challenges. Every stage has its own problems. So, for example, you're planning, maybe your business gives you, I don't know, 5,000 monthly profit, but you're planning for a time where your business can be giving you 200,000 monthly profit. The problems you'll be sorting out at that stage will be bigger problems than at this stage right now. Because it means maybe at this stage when you've got a serious emergency in your business, it's a two-pin emergency, it's a 2,000 quarter emergency. But at that stage, a serious emergency can be one million. Like you just need like a quick one million to sort something out. The fact is, every stage will have its own challenges. And if you live with so much the past, the past, it was better, it was better, it was better, it was nicer, it was nicer, there will be a problem. You know why? Because if you are driving your car while looking behind, the car will start steering out of direction. Somebody say glory to God. The thought that the past was better than the present. Forgetting that life needs to make progress. There are some people who are clinging on to things that need to change. I really want you to follow me here. Some people are holding on to things that need to change. Some people are holding on to things, holding on to principles, holding on to people who year after year have proven to be off, but we're holding on. But we're holding on. Some people you find, you're listening to me and you've been, let's say you're dating and you've been in a seven-year relationship, for example. And every year, you have the same problem that never changes. And the only reason you're still with the person is because of how you feel about them. Now, even though the feeling isn't changing, if the principles are not being put into effect, there will be a problem. So, there are people who are listening to me right now who are clinging on to certain things that need to change. 
clinging on to certain things that need to change. There are others who are listening, who are wallowing in regret. Your life is full of regret. By that I mean you spend almost every other day thinking, I should have done this, I should have done this, I should have said this, I should have said this. Why did I do this? Why did I do that? That is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when he speaks, his voice brings zeal. His voice brings action, even when he's correcting you. But how you know when you're hearing Satan is that when you hear Satan, energy is drained from you. So if you spend the rest of your life thinking, but why did I do that at 14? Why did I do that at 17? Why did I do that at 25? Why did I do that at 28? What's going on? You're beginning to wallow in regret. And that is never the place where the Holy Spirit grows you from. The Holy Spirit doesn't grow you from the place of regret. From the past, you should get lessons, but you can't be wallowing in regret. Somebody say glory. Let me just say that point one more time. So, there are some people who and how you know you're regretting is when you start having thoughts like maybe I should have just done the wrong thing when I had the opportunity to. After all, he cheated on me. I should have also cheated back that other time when I had the chance. Didn't you pull by There's a problem. Or another one is where you start regretting doing the right thing in a person's life. I shouldn't have helped them. I shouldn't have taught them. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done this. When you're doing that, you're sucking away certain principles that you need for your present and that you need for your future. Ladies and gentlemen, stop living in regret. When you start thinking that that opportunity you lost can never come back again, who gave you the opportunity in the first place? Then why do you think it can never come back again? Stop living in regret. When Jesus told Peter about his betrayal, the very first thing he mentioned was that when you've returned to me, strengthen others. Meaning Jesus wasn't saying, when you've returned, sit down, feel bad about yourself, and feel bad, and feel bad, and feel bad. He said, no, actually use whatever this issue will go on as a testimony and begin to strengthen other people. So you may have had issues before. That can be a testimony. That can now become uh, a conversation starter. That can now become a tool that you can effectively use to help other people. I hope you're hearing me. Come on, say, I will not live in regret. Say it again, I will not live in regret. Now remember the Bible says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. 
That is Romans 8 verse 1. So now, how are we supposed to handle the past? Number one, get lessons from it. When it comes to the past, get lessons. Get lessons and move on. Get lessons and move on. Number two, heal from it. I'll be praying for people after service, but heal from it. You need to heal. And for us all of the faith, healing is not something that just will randomly happen. We need to heal. And we can practice healing through our faith. Get testimonies from it. Use the past to, how can I put it? Using it well is when you use the past to influence your future. Sort of like, okay, if you did it before, you do it again. Get testimonies. So get lessons, heal from the bad side, and then from the good side, get testimonies. And then let those testimonies become stones of remembrance. Which when you're having a hard day, when you're having a hard moment, you remember what God did with the lion, you remember what God did with the bear, and you say, Goliath, you're not an issue for me. Because I remember what God did. That's how to use the past well. And the other thing you're supposed to do with the past is decide what to forget. Isaiah 43 verse 18 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let me go over these things one more time. How you are supposed to handle the past? Number one, get lessons from it. Get lessons. So like 2023, what have you learned from it? Hello, the lessons, please. I shouldn't hear carnal lessons. No, what lesson have you learned from 2023? Fear women. <laughs> Should I ever see a COL member posting fear women or fear men? No, I will seriously comment. I should... Ah, that's, that's my life lesson from... <laughs> no, what's your life lesson from 2020? That's what you want to carry into the next year. <laughs> oh, guys, have some biblical lessons. Eh? Okay, what if somebody, like you showed them a lot of love, and maybe they, maybe they betrayed you or something like that. Rather than getting a men why don't you get like the lesson you learned from the year? Why can't it be um, Christ loved us while we were yet sinners? Can you now know how it feels? <laughs> I don't know what you guys think. <laughs> no, Pastor. Uh, I spent the year, uh, unfortunately, I dated the wrong people. What, what, what life lesson can you get from that? Adam got all the animals and like, <laughs> God presented them like choose and then it didn't happen. Then eventually the right person came. So I learned that God gives choices. I don't know, like try to pick some better lessons. Fear 
Kenyan women, where do people even get this stuff from? <laughs> I should never see that. And, you know, um, <laughs> let's go on. And then, you know what's funny about these kind of things, these mantras? You find you've dealt with a hundred people, and of the hundred people you've dealt with, two have been a bit frustrating. And then you focus more on the two that have been frustrating and not the 98 who have been good. And then you develop a mantra from the two. Praise God. And please, even as I'm mentioning these things, if in your story you're always the victim, you may need to look at your story again. Because sometimes you may have been the challenge. And so the lesson you may get from there may have to do with the challenge being dealt with on your end. Yes, Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, so I said get lessons, get lessons. Uh, for me, one of my testimonies of this year has been enjoying the word of God. Yes, There's a way I've been enjoying it this year more than other years. Yeah. One of my greatest lessons, you're waiting for it, is that people are very nice. <laughs> Why do you look disappointed? <laughs> and you know what's funny? Like nowadays it's like to appeal to people, you have to start with, you know, it's been so rough, but you know, like you guys look very disappointed. So I've learned that people are really nice people. Yeah, they are so nice and they have good intentions. Guys, you're giving me looks. <laughs> Whatever you focus on will grow. So, yeah, I've, I've learned that uh, in all honesty, the majority of people I've dealt with, I've had situations which has made me feel like some people are ungrateful or they're not very nice, but then when I sit and reflect properly, and if I'm to count, those who are with us are more than those who are not. Yes. So the majority of people I dealt with are very nice people. Yes. They are good. They want to do the right thing. Sometimes they just don't know how. Yeah. I've also learned that I've got the best members in the world. Especially, yeah, I hope you know what you're, I, I hope you know that God will hold you accountable. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, another lesson I've learned this year. No, I'm glad, actually, there's a lesson I learned in 2022 which I've practiced this year. 2022, I learned how to mind my own business. <laughs> there was an issue I got myself involved in, which I was not supposed to be involved in. Me, I was just trying to be helpful. But to be fair, it wasn't my business. <laughs> the repercussions I received from that, the temptations I've had this year to enter certain businesses, which I have no, I've just said no. So I've learned to mind my own business. I'm glad I've been practicing it. It really helps. Another thing I've learned this year is the importance of being focused. 
Because what you focus on grows. Yeah. Another thing I've learned this year, which I've been learning every year, is that when I'm preaching, people don't shout a lot. They shout when I'm going to the front. I don't know what happens when I'm talking. They just want to sit and think. <laughs> Lovely, eh? Okay. What other lesson have I learned this year? You want one more? I've learned how to plan what to pray for, not just to plan my prayer time. Yeah, I've learned how to plan what to pray for. I've got certain things I need to pray for every day, whether I've had a long prayer session or a shorter one. So that's been one of my lessons. Yeah. Okay. So, get lessons. Are there any things you need to heal from this year? What Tell your neighbor what you need to heal from. Now, should I be Now, should I be very honest with you from my experience as a pastor? Are you guys ready? Chances are high everyone has something they need to heal from. Chances are high, and sometimes you may not know it. So, you know one thing you need to do? Just hold on. One thing you need to do is have moments in God's presence where you said, Lord, just like search me. Is there anything that has formed a thought? It has formed an emotional pain. It has formed a stance. It has formed a view that I need to heal from. You'll be amazed some of the things that will come to the surface. Sometimes it may not even be an emotional pain. It may be a thought pattern. It may be an automatic response. It may be an automatic action. Sometimes it can even be, how can I put it? Let's say someone has an embarrassing situation and all of a sudden they become so good at what they do but really they're not being good for the sake of being good. They're being good because they hate being embarrassed and they're trying, they trying so hard to prove themselves. The challenge may be that they may be doing so well for others but on the inside they're draining because proving yourself is difficult. People change their minds every day. So you... <laughs> so, are there things you need to heal from? It could be conversations. It could be uh, your own regrets, your own decisions, your own this. Are there stuff that you need to heal from? It could be a shame that you've experienced. Is there anything that you may need to heal from? You need to have those moments with God where you're just honest and say, God, like, search me. And you know one thing that I try to do? On my end, one thing that I try to do is to do that every day. Sometimes in the evening, I'll like process the way my day went. And I'll say, Ish, Lord, I just need a refreshing touch. Like just refresh me and just, you know, like just help me out maybe in any area that may have gotten something away from me. Try to do that daily. So you need to heal from it. Now, I'm using a lot of humor but, listen, there are some people who I'm looking right now, and it's like you're in a cage, and you're in a cage of your past. Like it's a cage, or it's a heavy bag 
And no matter how fast you are, if you are running with a heavy bag, you will slow down. Some it could be a cage where you are thinking, I really used to sin, I was that bad. And can I tell you how you can tell if you are in a cage of condemnation? If I came up front here and said, there is someone here God wants to use, and I'm not saying you have to be arrogant about it because arrogance is a problem. But where you can't somehow, you just can't think it can be you. Because you're not spiritual enough. For you, you're just glad to just be like, no, for me, I just love the background. Sometimes you don't necessarily love the background. Maybe you just feel it's your place. Well, it's like, I, I don't know if you're getting my point. Like if I'm to say, God is telling me there's someone who's been so faithful to him that he's rewarding you. You're not necessarily thinking of yourself because you keep thinking about what happened five years ago. You keep thinking about what happened four years ago. You keep thinking about what happened two years ago. And for you, you don't see yourself as one who can be counted as the faithful ones. Like it's why you treat yourself like a second class believer and get your first class. That's how you know you're wallowing in that. It's like you're in a cage. It's like it limits it limits. Imagine you're Moses and God tells you to go back to the same place where it was recorded at that point in history that you failed. Because you ran away. God has got a habit of sending you back to the place where it may even be recorded that you failed. So I hope you're hearing me. Stop wallowing in regret. Stop wallowing in shame and all those things. Praise God. And then, finally, this is just me re-echoing what I said earlier because I really wanted you to get it. You get testimonies, you get signs and wonders, and then deliberately forget certain things. Like just deliberately choose to put certain things away because God has forgotten them. You know, there are some things not worth remembering. Like, for example... Um, perhaps let's ask this question. Let's say you needed forgiveness for something, right? And I want you to sincerely ask your neighbor this and let them answer. How many times do you have to pray for God to forgive you about something? Now, in this case, prayer being communication to God, right? Because the Bible says, confess your sins. Uh, if you confess your sins to him, he's faithful to forgive you. Right? So, he does demand our repentance and our confession, right? But nevertheless, how come you are sitting here and You've been praying about it for three years. What are you really praying for? And what do you think you'll say today that will convince him that did not convince him three years ago? No, but pastor, you don't understand. What I did was big. What you did was big? Do you know what Jesus did? Do you think what Jesus did was small? So you think Jesus wasn't accounting for that? Why is that? You know those trolley dashes? 
where like you put stuff in the trolley but they give you a, a limit like don't go above this or maybe they tell you okay you enter or maybe someone takes you to a restaurant and says order anything and then you start ordering something like anyway anything sushi nama prawns you then order it take away now jesus already accounted with a limitless budget he already accounted for you so it's not like he's got this mindset of okay fine i'll forgive you for this but for this no i'll forgive you for this but for this no i'll forgive you for this but this is a bit too big and this one was too frequent this is too recent that's not the way he thinks and that's why you need to come out of that condemnation so let me say it for the last time today and whenever you see me repeating stuff i want it to ring in your ears the whole week come out from that condemnation come out from it come out from that trap you are left in based on how you were treated and have energy for life again have zeal for life again you know you can still marry well you can still you can still you can still be a deacon you can still be a pastor you can still live a glorious life praise god okay let's pray Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the church. Lord, this is my prayer for them now. That Lord, by your Spirit, let them obtain the right lessons from their past. Some people listening to me will need to amend things. Others will need to apologize. I pray, give them that wisdom and conviction. I also pray, O oh God, that you forgive anyone of any shame and doubt. Heal them from any shame and doubt. In the name of Jesus. Let them live as a glorious church. In Jesus' name. I pray that may they have zeal for life. May they have energy for life. May they have strength for living. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Now I want you to say after me, say in the name of Jesus. Nothing takes away my joy. Nothing takes away my zeal. Say in the name of Jesus. I soldier on. In the name of Jesus, I enjoy victories. In Jesus' name, Amen. Oh wow! 
What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.